2: Good morning, it's 8.30 on Friday, July 8th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, reproductive health care in Mississippi is in the midst of a transformation. We hear from two women poised to be pregnancy support leaders in the state. Then a guaranteed income program in an unexpected place. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. It's a lot harder for Mississippi women to get an abortion now that the state's trigger law has taken effect. That means Mississippians who would otherwise have chosen to end their pregnancies will likely be giving birth within the next year. Anya Baker says she welcomes the challenge. She's Mississippi State Coordinator for her plan, which is a network of pregnancy centers that frame themselves as an alternative to abortion. Baker tells us she's been preparing for this moment for years.
3: I have been living in Mississippi working on pregnancy resources uh, really since I was a teenager and since I was volunteering in college. And we always spoke about preparing for this possibility. Um, Regardless of what was going to happen in policy, we see, I think, as a movement, as a pro-life movement, but um, as an individual as well, just the need um, for connecting resources and helping women identify where to look and helping organizations volunteer to provide whatever is missing. And so that really began long before we ever knew the Supreme Court would take up the case. But certainly, um, the fact that there was a Supreme Court case was a good reminder to those organizations like churches and community organizations to, you know, let's go ahead and revisit how we can all work together.
2: Now, Mississippi's trigger law has taken effect, which bans almost all abortions, except in the life of the mother or for rape. Abortion Mm -hmm. rights activists have identified poor women and women of color, low-income folks, to suffer under uh, not having access to reproductive health care, which includes abortion. What can you do to
3: help them specifically? Well, so often... The women who, for instance, come into the pregnancy centers that I've partnered with or volunteered or worked at, so often the women who come in are minority women. Um, You know, my in my own family background, um, I come from a Hispanic family, and um, the Latina women in my family have had unplanned pregnancies too. And so it's certainly something that has to be looked at, that we have to be compassionate towards. I think so often... Um, a decision about whether or not to abort has come out of a place of a lack of resources. And so that's why it's so important that community by community, local as local as we can get, um, we help the providers in each of these categories understand what is needed and help elevate them. So we are creating an online directory that will be accessible to anyone who needs it, so that someone who, for instance, is sitting in a food pantry and encounters a woman who is pregnant and says, I have older kids and I already can't provide for them, and now I'm pregnant, where do I live? Now that food pantry will have access to an online database of where he or she can send her um, if they themselves are not knowledgeable in the housing area. Um, certainly our service areas, not everybody it can be expected to be knowledgeable of every area of need. And so this is a way to put in the hands of every person who is serving, whether it's a medical service or uh, food, housing, transportation, how they can find what else exists in other categories or in another town um, in Mississippi. And so that's why we really are uh, making sure that as many people are going to have access to this online directory as possible.
2: In the poorest state in the country, where's the funding coming from?
3: Well, we uh, are really excited to help our partners identify what grants exist. Um, We have great people on our team who identify grants as they come along, and I'm able to give them that information and assist in any way I can along the process. But also we are calling on the churches in our community to be funding sources for these local nonprofits. So often these nonprofits um, don't have a full-time uh, fundraising team or maybe they don't have a large marketing budget. And so if we have hundreds of churches, churches in each county, which we definitely do, we can call on them to be a megaphone, to be a funding source, to be hands and feet, and uh, to provide material resources as well.
2: Is there going to be enough funding to go around or are some of these women going to fall through the cracks? I mean, can churches and nonprofits provide for thousands of women? Well, if we take,
3: for example, the abortion numbers out of Heinz, Madison and Rankin that surround the abortion facility here, there are fluctuating around the number 60 abortions a week. And we have hundreds of churches and dozens of nonprofits in each of the categories I've mentioned just in this metro area. And so really what's needed is that connection between those 60 or so women a week and the entities that surround these three counties. I think oftentimes there's a mismatch of people not knowing what exists. And certainly among these hundreds of churches, and we, we know that in Mississippi, the uh, majority of Mississippians are at church on Sunday, that there is enough funding, there are enough hands. It is just the call to action that these people need to know what is needed. So many people, especially in the last couple of weeks, have approached me and approached others and said, what can I do? I want to help, but I don't know what to do. And that is exactly exactly why we exist to say I'm glad you asked. This organization is preparing for 20 more women a week. This is what we need. This is how much money we need. This is how much time we need. Can you do it? And I'm really encouraged to be hearing yeses all around the state.
2: So you are going to be soliciting agencies and churches to help with this? Yes. What about healthcare providers?
3: So I am finding um, agencies that serve either at no cost or reduced cost. And so the the main thing to finding the road to expansion for them is, okay, what are you in need of? Are you in need of more nurses? Is it that you need a larger facility to have more capacity? And um, it, people have a response right away with what they need. And so matching up the organizations that are able to Make that possible is happening. I I know, for example, in Columbus, Mississippi, and in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, I've run into agencies that do have medical care that are getting new buildings this month. They're both getting new buildings this month because they just simply needed more space to serve more people. And I'm encouraged to see that happening.
2: Anything that I didn't ask you that is important to mention about this?
3: Just that I, I hope to give the audience hope that um, I have the privilege of being able to speak with some of the best people in our state every day. And I see their vision and I see the plans that they have. And I know that there are people who are worried right now and they are scared right now. And I want them to know that I'm very encouraged by what I'm seeing. And I'm very hopeful at how our state is going to really prove our namesake, which is the hospitality state. Now, when you say people are
2: scared, are you talking about the average citizen or women who fear getting pregnant or are pregnant and fear they
3: cannot get an abortion? Either or. If people are worried there are not enough resources like the question that you poised, I want to be an encouragement that anybody who reaches out to some of our partners will find what they need. And if we don't have it right away, we will find it and we will find a way. Um, because we're excited about the opportunity to serve even more people.
2: Anja Baker with Her Plan, thank you so much for providing this information to us so we can better understand what you are in the process of doing and helping Mississippians. Yes, of course. Thank you for having me. More on pregnancy in Mississippi after the break. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio
1: a contractor ever tell you the price of something and it sounds so high you think "Eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere
2: this is mississippi edition on mpb think radio i'm desirée frazier Anya Baker says Mississippi is ready to meet a new wave of need for pregnancy support. Getty Israel says that couldn't be further from the truth. Israel is founder and CEO of Sisters in Birth, which is a women's health center based in Jackson. She tells MPB's Kobe Vance the state has a long history of failing to step up for mothers and children.
0: Same things that have gone unaddressed, or at least on a, uh, effectively, addressed, and those are birth disparities that primarily happen among the same population that's seeking abortions. Uh, low-income women, particularly black low-income women, particularly black low-income women who qualify for Medicaid, who will use who use Medicaid, who will be looking for Medicaid to cover the uh, pregnancies and the future pregnancies and birth, that this will uh, generate a significant increase. In 2020, there will 5,071 abortions for black and white in the state of Mississippi. So now we're talking about uh, an additional averaging around 5,000 new pregnancies in our state, and we don't have the health care system. We don't have the public health system in place uh, to address birth disparities that this population is already experiencing. So we'll just see a lot more of that, a lot more premature babies, a lot more c-sections which will generate a lot of money for the hospital system and for doctors because we have the highest c-section rate in the nation Uh, a lot more low birth weight babies a lot more children being born in poverty and living in poverty because we have the highest child poverty rate in the country and it's highest among children under the age of six particularly black children these children primarily live in single female headed black households so more poverty more hardships and um, and also probably an increase in the number of people who don't get prenatal care during the first trimester, which is already which is already quite high. Uh, for instance, there were uh, in 2020, the most recent data, there were over 40, almost 41,000 pregnancies, and over 35,000 live births. Among those, there were over 15,000 black births. Among the blackbirds, uh, over 4,000, almost 5,000 did not receive prenatal care in the first trimester, and almost 4,000 white women, uh, pregnant women did not receive, uh, prenatal care in the first trimester. This is because we have a significant, uh, um, dearth of, uh, or supply of OB providers, and by OB providers, I mean nurse practitioners, midwives, as well as obstetricians in many of our low-income areas across the state, particularly in small towns. Women are driving already over an hour. Some are driving two hours to get care because the care is not available in the communities they live in because OBs don't want to practice in these areas. Uh, We have, I think, OBs in only 50% of our counties. We have pediatricians in only 50% of our counties. We don't have midwives in 90% of our counties. Um, nurse midwives and nurse midwives are not allowed to even practice in hospitals and nurse practitioners are not allowed to practice and provide these services in these communities because doctors want to get paid in order to collaborate with them so our public health and our health care systems are not designed to even take care of the pregnancies that we do incur and so this will simply amplify that and make this worse that's all
1: Can you tell us a little bit about Sisters in Birth and what y'all do and how organizations like yours can help to reach pregnant people and help them get through pregnancy even if they didn't want to go through a pregnancy in the first place?
0: Well, we are a community-based clinic. We are in Jackson, and we're in the process of building Mississippi's first uh, freestanding birth center in Hines County. That birth center, or some people call birthing center, will serve women from around the state because we will also provide uh, guest housing for women to stay in when they drive to Jackson. As I said earlier, women are driving over an hour for care. There isn't much more that we can do, and we struggle to even raise funding to build a birthing center because the state of Mississippi uh, refuses to provide funding to do this. The state of Mississippi has decided to give funding to pregnancy resource centers which I believe is very biased because pregnancy resource centers are anti-abortion organizations that are designed basically to talk women out of having an abortion. These are not clinics. They, are not, they, they do not provide clinical care, and yet our governor signed a bill called the Pregnancy Resource Act. They give the tax credit up to $3 million to individuals or corporations that will give money to these organizations. Now, I thought that since I don't, uh, my organization is not an abortion clinic and we don't facilitate abortion in any way, that we would qualify because we serve this population. We are a major resource. We don't qualify because we are not a member of the pro-life Mississippi group. So again, it's a very biased piece of legislation that became law, and it was designed uh, to help those organizations that that aren't even in our communities, black communities, to um, address uh, or prevent abortion. We don't. When I say we, I mean community-based organizations don't have the support, the funding support that we need to do the type of work that we do. Um, Medicaid refuses to reimburse us for services that we're offering, like home visitation, doula-supported births. A breastfeeding expert can't get reimbursed for providing breastfeeding care because she's not a licensed healthcare provider. Uh, So. And managed care organizations won't reimburse for these services. These are services that have proven to make a big difference in birth outcomes, and yet the state of Mississippi uh, turns a deaf ear to the evidence and refuses to uh, reimburse for these services, and the managed care organizations are now required to do so. state of Mississippi has yet to recognize that primary prevention, lifestyle medicine is what really changes outcomes on a more permanent basis. And simply prescribing drugs and, and performing C-sections, which is what we currently do in our health
2: care system. Getty Israel is founder and CEO of Sisters in Birth. Still ahead, a guaranteed income program in an unexpected place. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Guaranteed income programs are becoming more common across the U.S., largely due to progressive big city mayors who seek cash payments as a way to help their residents directly. But what about people living outside those cities? As Stephen Basaha and Aubrey Jewhouse report for the Gulf States news, Newsroom, a new program in Georgia is trying to help them, too. Continue on U.S. 27 South for 38 miles
1: and we're
4: pretty much there. Woo-hoo! Drive about two and a half hours south from Atlanta, and you'll end up in Cuthbert, Georgia, a rural town with a lot of retirees.
1: People here say it's a nice, quiet place to raise kids. There's a small town square with a few restaurants.
4: You can get a full Southern breakfast for under $8.
1: And there's a couple other businesses like your hardware and thrift stores.
4: Though a lot of the shopping tends to happen at one of the two local dollar stores. That's why Tanika Acosta is standing outside of Cuthbert's Dollar General. She's trying to get shoppers to sign up for what is essentially free money. Acosta and other program organizers have been coming to this part of the state for weeks. And with the application deadline four days away, they're in the final stretch. So I say get it in right now and make sure that you tell everyone. Tell your niece, tell your sister, tell your cousins. In Her Hands is a guaranteed income program for Georgia women living at or below 200 percent of the federal poverty line. For a family of four, that's set at roughly $56,000. Stephen, there are dozens of guaranteed-income pilots giving money to people in big cities across the country.
1: Right, and Inner Hands is doing that in Atlanta, too. But they're also taking the unusual step of giving money to people in rural communities.
4: Specifically here in southwest Georgia.
1: Yeah, most of the women Acosta talks to have heard of the program already, including Wanda Lynn Blackman. Acosta checks to see if she submitted her application correctly.
0: So it looks to me, and I'm going to look through it just to be sure one more time, but okay. the, literally only thing you need to do is press the word submit. Okay.
1: Blackman lives in nearby Dawson, the town she grew up in. She says the advantage of a city like Atlanta is that there are more jobs where you can make
0: good money. And down here, is, is no, it's no job. And it, it is a job. You ain't making that much of money.
1: The program is enrolling residents in three neighboring counties, Clay, Randolph, and Terrell all-majority black and with more than double Georgia's poverty rate.
0: Now you will receive an email. Uh, There's already coming. Now you're just waiting. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Of course. course. Ultimately,
1: (laughs) 230 women will be selected to receive unconditional cash payments every month for two years. Often, the women at Costa approaches are skeptical of someone from out of town with a flyer in their hand. But she says their reaction changes when she gives them her pitch.
0: $850, no strings attached though, ma'am. Can I explain that to you? And that, that
4: kind of makes them say, okay, what you talking about?
1: Yeah, when she said $850, I said, wow. Aubrey, $850 a month is a lot of money.
4: Yeah, that's $20,000 over the course of two years. Evereen Evans says she first heard about the program while at the grocery store. Evans, who is 78 years old, knew she wanted to apply, but wasn't sure how to complete the online application. So on a hot June day, she walks into the local technical college to get some help from the in-her-hands staff. I love your dress. Well, thank you. I'm trying to keep cool. Right. Same. Same. Yeah, Other women here told us they'd use the money on medical bills or to buy their own land. Evans has her own plan for the money if she's selected.
0: Saving it, you know, saving it really I would for a hard times because in this day and time, we going to need everything we can get.
4: To some extent, hard times have already arrived. Many people living in this part of Georgia are on fixed incomes, which makes them particularly vulnerable to the recent high inflation. Evans says she's felt it personally.
0: Of course I have the gas tank, the food, and then you go in the stores, not in the some shelves are empty.
4: Rural residents tend to have access to far fewer resources from both government and nonprofits.
1: Right, Aubrey, and often the only support they receive are from these long-standing federal benefit programs.
4: Yeah, things like food stamps and disability,
1: which often don't provide enough money for people to live comfortably, especially with that inflation. Evans' only source of income is her social security check.
4: So this would this
1: would bump it up a lot to have a wow,
4: additional.
0: Oh. <laughs> you going to make me do a dance. <laughs> I sure hope they pull my name. Jesus.
4: The application for In Her Hands Rural Pilot closed in late June, and program leaders will be calling selected participants in the coming weeks.
1: For the Gulf States Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha.
4: And I'm Oprah Uhas in Cuthbert, Georgia.
2: The Gulf States Newsroom is a collaboration among public media stations in Mississippi, Louisiana, and Alabama. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's the Gestalt Gardener. Then at 10, it's Next Stop, Mississippi. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. Find past installments of this and other Think Radio shows online at mpbonline.org. I'm Desiree Frazier. Join us Monday morning at 8.30 for the next Mississippi edition only on MPB Think Radio. Have a great weekend.